Skype, Skype, baby. Hello. Hello. I won't let you to besmirch the fine staff of Sixteen Magazine. Podkiss one ninety four. Uh, there's like, is there a kiss joke to make about New Year? No, just just Happy New Year. All right, All right Kiss Army. You wanted the best. You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcast. Welcome back to your podcast. I'm Ken Mills, and as usual, I'm joined by Gary Schaller. Hello, Ken Mills. I'm Gary Schaller, and I'm joined by you. Yes, we are conjoined. You want to apologize to the audience up front? I know you seem to want to do that. Uh, there is gardening happening just beyond these walls, and if you hear Something that sounds like a lawnmower, it's probably a lawnmower. So my apologies. Yeah, but no one's paying for this. So we've had bad audio for years at times. You know, I mean, I used to have those stupid microphones where the microphone like was part of the headset. So anytime I itched my head or turned my head, you heard a click or clack. And I sounded like I was speaking through a tin can. But at least it wasn't as bad as James with a bucket on his head. I was just going to say... There's also a bucket of KFC. But <laughs> James, if you're listening, we, we adore you. Yes, James. But uh, it was funny because he, he had to podcast from outside and the air conditioning unit was making noise. So he thought if he put a bucket over his head and put the microphone in the bucket, it might cut. It's really not sound dampening. No. Speaking of sound dampening, like it, the. How is that not a band? Sound dampening? You know yeah. there's a band called Sound Dampening somewhere out there. Yeah. The the, the lawnmower is quite, I mean, can you hear it? It's yeah, quite it's, loud. It sounds like it's like the guy's taunting you, like, try to podcast yeah. now, Kiss <laughs> oh, Podcast. You're like, kiss, you're like, kiss, do you? <laughs> well, see, you shouldn't have got Devereaux's lawn care service. But, oh, damn it, every time. Try to podcast about Kiss again, eh, podcaster? Huh? Huh? Oh, Armageddon is coming to this yard tonight. <laughs> They'll take over your podcasting feed. Anyway, today we're just we're just enjoying time together with you and one another. The holidays have been a mixed bag. They usually are. It's kind of like your stocking. There's some stuff that's really cool in there and then stuff that they just parents just put in just to give you something. You know what I mean? Like, by the yeah. time you're done with the stock, and it's like, okay, we got the big gift. We got the stuff they need. And then here's little trinkets and things, like a keychain. You might get a keychain in a in a stocking that you wouldn't get right. any other. No one would say, I want to buy Charlie a keychain. No one does that. But this is the time. Like, I once got Kiss Pencils in a stocking. Now, there's no other time, no other rationale, maybe Beatles pencils for me, but I can't think of any other time that someone would say, unless they were like art pencils, like unique mm -hmm. art pencils, because I'm an artist, con or otherwise. But I think that, you know, I got kiss pencils once in a stocking and, but no other way would some, here's some number two pencils. I know you've been going nuts trying to get number two pencils, right? Maybe during a zombie apocalypse. Right, right. And pencils are the last thing out there anymore. I don't know. And I, I once had an, an idea for a script about something where th these uh, teenage vampire uh, 
kind of things. And the guy takes a pencil and stabs someone, and the vampire informs him that it's not made out of wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you, graphite. Yeah, my mom's always buying the cheap ones, right? So anyway, enough of that. So today, what we're talking about on the podcast it's it's been a it's been a rough year for everybody, but we've made it through, right? We yeah. made it through the rain. We kept ourselves together. Little Barry Manilow shout out there. For all the kids of the 70s. Today on Podcast 194, we're going to take a look back at some things. And uh, we're just going to have some fun. And the first thing we're going to talk about is Kiss's superpowers in the Phantom. This was brought up on Kiss FAQ message board. Uh, uh, based off of a pretty old comment at this point, right? Like uh, something that... was it? Wasn't there something that... Eric Singer said, but years ago. Oh yeah, well we're gonna do that later. But okay, but okay, right okay. now we're gonna talk about the superpowers of Kiss and Kiss meets the Phantom. Not to be mm -hmm. confused with Kiss the Marvel comic books, because the those powers come and go, and you know depending on who's writing them, you know what I mean. So I guess the sure. same could be said about this. But um, this person says that as far as he can tell. These are the superpowers of Kiss from Kiss Meets the Phantom. I want to see if there's anything that this guy is missing. Okay. Well, hang on. I, I not looking at that. No cheating. I can I can I just say what I think they are? Okay. Let's start with the the Star, Star Child. Well, as far as I can tell, his eye beams, the doit 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 things, mm -hmm. have two functions. Right. One is to magnify sound and vision. Right, mm -hmm. like kind of like like um, like long distance spy technology. Okay, so it almost gives him a uh, super hearing, super vision. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Kind of um, like Superman. Right, or Daredevil, or something. Right. Kind of. You know, where his hearing is so good because he can't see very well. Uh, right, and then the other power that it is is it's like a laser last right so he could shoot stuff with his eye and uh, blow it up mm -hmm. okay so as far as i can tell that's his powers okay well you forgot his insane hotness i mean he just uh, right his right sensuality is his charisma if you will right but yeah. i don't know if that's actually a superpower but remember in those yellow sheets that you got with the kiss army kit yeah it talked about you know lovingly reproduced in the destroyer box that's right that's right because he was the he was a prince at yeah. some point or whatever yes okay anyway go on who was reincarnated mm -hmm. and brought back through the talisman but this guy says laser beam from star eye telepathic yeah. beam from star eye hypnosis telepathic beam i'm trying to remember when he Oh, telepathic, not teleporting. Telepathic. Yeah, was there a, was there a time he clouded someone's mind like these are not, these are the droids? These are not the droids you're looking for. Like I don't remember that. Oh wait, uh, so uh, oh well, they all have a little bit of that, right? So like the with um, right. So Gene says Star Child, and he goes, and then and then Melissa is compelled to step forward. Yeah, Gene says. Oh, and, and, and Paul says, uh, you're looking for someone, but not kiss. It's like he's reading his mind. Right. So it's it's kind okay. of like the, the power of kiss compels you. 
right? So that sort of thing. So, uh, so there's that. Sex, the sexorcist. Yes. Uh, an audio beam from the star eye, auditory amplification, which I don't know yes. if the other members of KISS could hear what was going on or if just Paul could hear it. No, he's because he does a lot of that translating for them, like at poolside, you know, he's saying, uh, yes, uh, right. He's sweating the possibility that we might pull out. Right. He's sort of telling the other band members what uh, the, the Mr. Sneed and the other guy are talking about. Yeah. Right. OK. By the way, Mr. Sneed sounds like a Kiss song. That's why the ladies come to Mr. Sneed. <laughs> oh, why? Wait, oh, come on. How long has it been that no one's done that? Has anyone done that? Come on. Not that I'm that's aware a, of. Uh, that's a parody song waiting to happen. That's right. Along with, along with Vaccine 16. Intuition. Intuition. Well, is that the, like, that's the mind reading thing, right? The, like, you're looking for someone, but it's not Kiss. Yeah, but it also helps him during the fight because in those extremely choreographed fights, which we're supposed to pretend are not extremely choreographed, sure, Paul has a way of leading his opponents to do things and then knowing when they're going to strike. Uh, oh, interesting. Okay, not just that he's like a s skillful combatant. Well, I'm going to argue that this uh, guy from New York who wound up with the talisman is not necessarily on his own a skilled fighter. But once he has the precognition and, you know, I mean, he's lived countless lifetimes waiting to get here to be with us again. Right. So yeah. he's, he sees it all. The star right. child is all knowing and enhanced physical abilities. Anyone wow. that saw how he squatted holding that guitar during the Alive 2 photo shoots. That's right out there. Murder on, on, on the ankles. Yeah. Right? On heels. Yeah. That's crazy. Oof. And flight. The one thing that we didn't talk about, the uh, laser beam power from the... Well, they all can fly. Um, because they all fly. Are we okay, but are, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, but are we sure that's not Ace doing that for them? Well, okay, so then Ace is levitating the four of them? Well, so when they go over the fence... Mm -hmm. Is, is that not Ace doing that? Well, I'm talking about when they fly in at the first time you see him. You know, after you sit for an hour and ten minutes of watching marching bands and people at a, the, the, the park. Yeah. And then they finally show up for the show. And, right. you know, just has this, entrance pl music playing, you know. Which is, yeah, the solo from Shock Me is playing and it's like the best entrance Kiss never did. Right. Right. Well, so and, and, and I'm sure we've all had this thought because we think about these things. Paul shoots during that sequence. Paul shoots a, 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 a you know, a do -do 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 out of his eye and, and he then, walks on it. Right. Yeah. It's sort of a so physics these, problem. So these force beams, he can create not only a laser light, if you will. But he can also make it a physical force. So literally, if he can do that, he could like punch somebody across the room with that. I would think so. I mean, it's got some skills. Can you tell we've read comics? Yeah. Yeah. And if it was an old Marvel comic, he would be narrating about it as he did. Yeah. I'm going to shoot you with my Star mm -hmm. Child force beams, Magneto. <laughs> right. No time for you, demon. Um, but uh, so that leads us to the demon, right? So we've got okay. fire breath, 
super strength, vocal replication. Vocal replication. I think he's trying to say that he can do more than one voice at a time. You know, that sort of a thing. Right, but is that actually what he can do, or is that just how he sounds when he, when, when, I mean, we don't know, like, when the talisman get zapped by, well, okay, do we hear him talk when, when the talisman... I don't think there's a time in Kiss Meets the Phantom that Gene Simmons does not have an effect on his voice somehow, some way. Right. That's what, yes, you read my mind. Yeah. Which is one of the Star Child's powers. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say are the, the demon's power? Well, that stuff, right? Breathing fire. Uh, super strength. Super strength. He can um, knock down uh, styrofoam bricks. You can knock, yeah, he can, right. He can definitely break through a very flimsy Coke, Pepsi Cola stand or whatever. Um, I mean... That's that's basically it, right? He's that's, just he's that's like pretty much it. He's like he's sort of like the the Wookie uh, of the bunch or the muscle, you know. And I'm gonna go out further that since we saw his, I know I'm replicate, uh, you know, mis- mixing up the two worlds, if you will, Marvel Comics versus Phantom of the Park reality, right? Because sure. there's like the Marvel Comics universe, and then there's the MCU, which is the mm-hmm. you know marvel cinema universe so they're two different right. things right fair so we saw gene simmons's boots fly off and attack dr doom that's right those things and at one point while he's fighting something isn't doesn't he make it look like one of his boots is trying to get it mephisto yeah yeah, right. yeah. i'm talking about in the movie now in one of the scenes he's like using his boot to push someone away and I'm going to, I'm just going to say that those little creatures were somehow involved in the fight. That's fair. I mean, I'm just going to chalk that up. They didn't have the budget. Sure. Or the will or common sense to anyway. So, (laughs) so next up space ace. Well, teleportation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then there is the, implication that they all move the the box with their back minds in. right right because uh ace was about to bend the beams with his mind yeah but they all move the box together so at the very least ace is a quarter of the 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 well now what is that called when you can move objects with your mind is that telekinetic yeah right so, so there's that. Yeah, but mostly it's teleportation, right? He, he gives the thumbs up or hitch, he hikes, he hitchhikes, right? The celestial waves. Yeah. Right. So the Gendel power of being able to move from one place to another. Note, colon, Gendel does not, is not named in the movie. Right. Or the, or the comic. And this was the first time I think colon was mentioned. Someone's Ace's colon was mentioned, which should be another name for a band. Ace's colon. Well, and Um, if he has some of it removed, you know it'll be a semicolon anyway. Anyway, this guy writes: Space Ace has a computer mind. I don't know about that. Electrokinesis, like an an Apple IIe, like a like a speak and spell. Anyway, yeah. 
um, electrokinesis, that would be like him shooting the lightning bolts or whatever. Wait. Oh, we do see. Do we see that? Does he? Yeah. Oh, sure. When, when he's, he's fighting uh, himself. Oh, yeah. And also in the intro, right, he does yeah. um, shoot lasers out of his fingers, right? Like lightning laser bolts or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah, sure. like that. Super agility because he is, you know, he's super, he's super agile. You know that. Yeah. Teleportation and flight. This guy puts flight for all members of the band. So. Okay. Okay. Sorry, the superhero team. Uh, the Catman. You want to guess what his are? Ooh. Uh, well, that's interesting, right? His ability to. Well, I suppose actually going back to Paul, just for a second, his ability to to strum an in tune guitar is also one of his um, powers associated with the talisman. Because when Sam blasts the talisman, suddenly. Paul is Paul's guitar is out of tune, and he he appears unable to play it. Well, that's because they've been shocked. Oh, I suppose that yeah, sure, right. I mean, well, I mean, okay, it's not so, like they've lost the ability to play their instruments. They just listen. If I wa- if you were playing a song that you've played a hundred times, and I walked up to you with a taser, and you didn't know it, and I just went zap in the back, you'd like fall to your knees, piss your pants, and I don't think you'd be able to keep the tune. Right, but we don't see Peter saying, you say you feel so fuck. You know, like he doesn't. <laughs> the, those, the, now, how did that not wind up on the 75th? <laughs> yeah. F- 75th? Uh, no, 45th. 45th ooh. Destroyer. Uh, God, if we're still it, talking about Kiss on the 75th anniversary of destroyer let's let's take a look at that hey that's assuming then, you and i are still breathing right then so. we will we will know how effective the vaccines are <laughs> um so <laughs> it, more effective than we than we <laughs> right so peter i don't it seems like he gets a, a short shrift he's just a scrappy good fighter right he doesn't we don't see him do Gosh, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember seeing him do anything other than, yes, flight and moving the box through the bars, right? Um, Do we see Peter? What does he do? So wait, so, okay, he appears with the, like in the beginning when when they have the, when they appear above the stage, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, We see him sort of show up with his hands crossed, you know, like with the the drumsticks. Uh, I'm trying to remember what he does he point the drumstick and shoot anything out of it? Or it seems what is like it? I, it seems like it. But again, you know, there's somebody out there who knows this film much better than we do. That's going to I, go. I, contraire, Gary and Ken. Yeah, sure. Um, gosh, what does he do with the? What is? He, uh, so like he sort of shows up like standing very still. Maybe right, he's just the, posing. I can't remember. So, you know, I'm, I don't want to cheat. Right. Well, well, if you want to go look, I'll tell you what this guy says. Uh, okay, go ahead. His, go ahead, go ahead. his powers are nine lives. What? Oh, you're down to your last now, kitty. You're ninth now, right? Yeah. So, sure, and okay. This guy goes, okay. in parentheses, he says, some may have already depleted in previous missions. <laughs> I really enjoy this person's analysis. It's very good. Okay. 
Uh, Enhanced feline physical abilities and flight. Okay, and flight, yes. I would say that he also has healing powers because almost every character in comic books that's some sort of animal thing, they all have healing powers. So I'm going to... Yeah. I'm going to... If this were a... By the way, has there ever been a, you know, Dungeons and Dragons version of Kiss Meets the Phantom or Kiss Meets the Phantom version of Dungeons and Dragons where, like, you know, Peter Chris gets, you know, healing abilities and you know, you know what enhanced it what what would it be called? Oh, no, it's called like Dungeons and Devs or something. Dungeons right. and Devro. We have just created it. Yeah. Oh, get get at, do it, Kiss Army. Matt Porter wants to play with us right now. You know he does. Uh, yes, let's do this. So he goes on to say all four members can materialize their mystical energy imbued instruments from a near location. Catman is connected to his drums and can teleport himself behind the kit. I'm going to say that Ace, Ace. blinked yeah. everything. Well, and, and we do, to be fair, we do see also... Right, that Peter is reaching for the for the talisman box uh, with, I might add, his like furry boa around both wrists for reasons, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, I'm so, wore, I wore mine last night, like that, like around yeah, both wrists, yeah. like that. Yeah, I right. I went to a restaurant for the first time since 2019 last night. Yeah, and you and, you were wearing. I wore your... that. Yeah, I wore that same outfit actually. No makeup. Were they like, I would. I didn't wear makeup. I didn't want people to think I was weird. Okay, right. Well, and yeah, sure. Because that would have. Well, and were they? Like, that would have been over the top. Were they like, we can't let you in. It's not about COVID nineteen. Wink. It's just you're dressed as a member of Kiss. Mm-hmm. They're anti Kiss sites. Anyway, uh, so uh, this guy also says that all four members are deeply connected to their respective talismans and can. can telekinetically call them back within a limited spatial range i would argue that it's right. the problem is not that they couldn't like go talismans to me but the fact that that laser energy dampening field no but was blocking you, oh, them the force field oh, okay but i'll tell you where he makes it i think i think this is why he's making his point about the limited range is because uh sam grabs the talisman mm-hmm. and makes with the talisman right doesn't he he steals them yeah he makes with the talisman. you know that's an old that's more an older person's thing so he makes with the the loot you know are yeah. we is this a gangster are we like a 1948 gangster or something is aces daddy oh um <laughs> so, 23 uh... skadoo chum <laughs> uh uh or my grandmother used to say, hot spit ginger and dynamite. Hot spit ginger and dynamite. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, my stars and goddess. Cheese and rice. Um, That's right. So the, I'm trying to re- reconstruct the, and you can't see the air quotes here, plot of the movie. Right. Um, because. Okay. So okay. Get, let, let, when, let me, let me see if I can help you. Wait, they are Sam, stuck. No, 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 be, okay. No, 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 so Sam, Sam makes with right, but they but so Sam gets the talisman. W- w- uh, first time he tries to get the talisman, he can't because the cosmic force field which protects the talisman. But then he comes back, neutralizes the talisman with the with his gun, and then he then he steals the talisman. 
they can't just be talisman come right mm-hmm. uh even when even before they're behind the the uh the bars which by the which right like doesn't really help anyway but like even before they're behind those bars they're just wandering around the damn park with the talisman oh no no uh the talisman are stolen and during the fight uh during a fight um blasting the talisman with his gun right he's like you're referring to me demon <laughs> right he's <laughs> um <laughs> just chewing up the wallpaper that guy yeah maybe there is a limited range thing right because because this is not it's not like milner with thor oh you're such a nerd milner I always thought it was Molinar, and it took all these years and going to the movie theater to be schooled. It's pronounced Mitzelplex. Yeah, that's another thing altogether. So yeah, okay. So that's that's what that's uh, they okay. So if you can do that from a limited range, fine. So later in the thread, there was some sort of thing where is it Ace actually carrying everybody in the flight? Or uh, did they fly on themselves? And we also, there's a couple things we haven't thought about, right? What about Gene with Sam T. Serpent? He made Sam T. Serpents breathe fire as well. Right? That is true. Wow, that's a good point. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. You're, that's true. So if Ace could, like, teleport everyone and everything, why didn't he just, like, as soon as, like, the Japanese uh, sword guys show up, just blink you're all gone werewolf monkeys blink you're gone because you could have done that to everybody but do we ever see him teleport things other than the members of kiss (sighs) and instruments oh but so back to that but that sort of substantiates that point of uh how connected they are to their instruments well it's also weird because while they're playing that shock me thing right and ace mm-hmm. shows up and he blasts with the the the, the lightning bolts or laser mm-hmm. bolts or whatever and he like basically creates peter chris out of nowhere then he does his little drum trick and with the sticks and then paul appears Wait, and what does he do with his sticks though well hold on a second Okay, Paul I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. Okay, Ace okay. fires his thing. There's Peter. Peter waves his drumsticks. Paul appears out of nowhere, sure. and then lifts his leg like he's gonna rip one and shoots the 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 stairs. And he's acting like, "Oh, everyone applaud me. I'm walking." And then yeah. he actually ma- makes Gene manifest out of his eye. He shoots, and, right? And then Gene breathes fire upon the entire audience. Right. Rains fire down upon them. But let's, you know, there's some things that we haven't even thought of, right? Yeah. Well, many. Do right? they also, yeah, many. Do they also have the, the actual power to play, to become major giants, which we've seen them like in the modern day Delilah video, where they walk Ooh. over okay, the, no, the stadium? Now, now you're expanding out to other... I'm, okay. I'm sorry. I'll take that. I rescind my comment. Fine, that's okay, fine. we can do that because now but they also we have see Kiss to... playing. Now they have the ability to wreck a cake. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we see Kiss at the beginning 
of Phantom of the Part. Peter Chris plays a Tilt-A-Whirl. They walk on water. <laughs> they literally they walk, walk on, on water. water. Yeah. yeah. Not just water. I mean, any any deity can walk on water, but they walk on the tips of the water from the fountain. Technically can. Um, Gene dispels that myth in the 1989 song, The Street Giveth and The Street Taketh Away, where oh, he says, I don't walk on water. Oh, that's true. So, he, he did. So we can only assume that when they appear to be um, hydroambulating, mm-hmm. uh, that that is a helping them teleport across water by foot. Okay, I'm going to read you something. This is from Kiss Conquers the Airwaves from Circus Magazine. Okay. Last month, the second issue of Kiss's Marvel superhero comic book hit the newsstand. This month, the superstar rock band is all set to master the video airwaves with their first superhero telefilm. Have you ever heard anything called a telefilm before? Not that I can remember. Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. The movie is described by Kiss's Gene Simmons as a $2 million plus superpower feast. Co-produced by Hanna-Barbera and Kiss O'Coin, interesting name for a company, Phantom mm-hmm. is an extension of the band's Marvel Comics personas. The story is basically about Kiss, which is a rock group, is hired by an amusement park. Simmons reveals the park is losing money because of some weird scheme concocted by a scientist who has created a glut of cybernetic robots. Kiss arrives and nobody knows that we have a box that magically transforms us into superheroes. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows that. No one. Yeah. Well, actually that's not true though. Right. Who knows who's well, who, who, who has heard rumors? Well, I'm, I don't know. The, well, at this at this point, Fleetwood Mac's rumors has uh-huh, that's probably true, yeah. been out. Okay. Wait, um, remember, remember, Melissa says I've heard about your talisman, but I that's right. So stick there. You go, Gene. You mi- you missed that. You didn't show up for script. The table read that day. Simmons goes on to say the movie will have special effects galore. I will have the ability to fly, super strength, and I can breathe fire. Simmons explains Paul Stanley shoots a laser beam through his star eye has telescopic vision and instant recall. Instant recall. What does that mean? Is that like have re- no the ability idea. to remember the ability to remember something moments after it has Wait, occurred? Wait, you just said this sentence and he repeats it right back to him. No, I think that that's I think what he's saying is that he can like see what is going to happen before it happens. So sometimes when someone has like a head injury or a cognitive uh, issue and you, like, let's say I'm in the emergency department, I'm assessing them. I do what's called a mental status exam. And I say, I'm going to say these numbers and I want you to just and repeat you them say back. It back. Yeah. Right. So, so what, what, the, what this is, is that Paul can pass. No, a mental no, status exam. no. I okay. think that what he's saying is that Paul has second sight or something that he can somehow see you know, instantly see what's coming because he saw it already. Okay. Okay, okay. So okay, foresight, okay. super foresight. All right. All right. Peter Chris has cat like a bit cat. Blah, 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 blah. Peter Chris has cat like ability, agility, mm-hmm. which is different than ability, but almost the same mm-hmm. thing. So Peter Chris has cat like agility. He can eat milk out of a bowl. There you go. Nine lives and can scale buildings. 
like spider wow i don't remember that do we see that no but i'm going to you know i'm gonna let that one go space it says ace space fraley it's space is in you know parentheses fraley has super scientific powers in the sense that he can vibrate himself through walls levitate for short distances and can teleport people by giving them the hitchhiking sign hey is this still gene talking yes oh that's really cool okay go on um now the narrator is writing mm -hmm. this part the effects done by the hanna-barbera studio are described as beautiful by mm -hmm. longtime sci-fi fantasy fan Simmons. His flying scenes, he says, are done like the old Superman show. Mm -hmm. A combination of blue screen, heavy editing, and piano wire and pulley work. His flames mm -hmm. are animated frame by frame. Mm -hmm. Heading the KISS TV that army... That what? doesn't sound... That's not untrue, right? Like, everything that he just said is accurate, right? Mm. Except for the... I mean... There's animation. Yeah, yeah. What's sad though is that he's saying it was shot like the old Superman TV show when there was a brand new Superman movie in the theaters at this point that would have been more worth replicating instead of a guy laying on his belly. Details. Yeah, details. Anyway, heading the Kiss TV army is director Gordon Hessler, known for his work for Hammer Films, the Avengers TV show, and the Golden Voyage of Sinbad. It was yeah. great working with Gordon, Beam Simmons. He didn't film it like a television show. It was filmed like a normal theatrical feature film using classic camera angles, very German-esque. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Gordon will tell us how to move during a scene, and I'd say, wow, this really reminds me of the seventh voyage of Sinbad, where such and such happens. He'd start to laugh, and we'd both get off on the fact that we could communicate like that while everyone else would be looking at us not knowing what the heck we're talking about. He brought a style and expertise to the film that's strange for TV. Do you think that this this interview with Gene was conducted prior to him seeing the final edit of the movie? Yeah, oh, sure. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, he had not, they had not sunk in their chairs, as the legend goes, in mm -hmm. the movie theater. Mm -hmm. That's what I believe to be true. Now right. it, now that Kiss's first bout with live superheroics is in the can, hot, to be rerun again on NBC in the spring, they plan on returning, no, they plan on turning their attention to the widescreen. We have an $8 million movie in the works for next year, confides Simmons. Real science fiction fantasy. I could sum it up in one sentence, but it's too good to give away. I wish you would have gave it away. We would have had right. an idea, you know. So, so much he, to talk about. Yeah, it goes on and says, if the KISS superhero formula works both on TV and the theaters, which, and by the way, how do, you, how do you come down on theaters, theater, and theater? I think the same way that I come down on Caribbean or Caribbean or mature, mature, adult, adult, you know, the list goes yeah. on. You say either. I say either. Right. Or tomato or tomato. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, if the KISS superhero formula works both on TV and the theater, the band may soon find themselves matinee idols as well as rock stars mixing music and mayhem successfully. Now, if only the Hulk could play the guitar. That's how that ended. I didn't add you know, that. If he could play the guitar, do you know what he would play? He would play... Bill, 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 Bill. Dun, 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 dun. That sad, 
walking away music. Is that is such, you know, to be honest with you, that's really the most important takeaway from the incredible Hulk. I mean, other than Bill Bixby was great and, yeah, yeah. but the show does not hold up for me. Does it hold that's up for you? Idea. When was the last time you like said, Hey, I didn't, I don't, I don't love it. Well, because I'm telling you that it's one of those things I remember much like everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, people talk about how great the seventies were and they, and they were, don't get me wrong. But like, I, I might've talked about this on this show. As a matter of fact, I watched an episode of Starsky and Hutch and I'm like, Oh man, this is going to be fun. They're going to be smart alecky and the captain's going to yell at him about, you know, shit rolls downhill and you guys are putting me in a bad place. And then they're going to go see Huggy Bear and, <laughs> you know, and he's going to be a pimp, but not because we can't have a show where the one of the main characters is a pimp. So we have to kind of. Except Kojak, right? I don't remember that. Anyway. Uh, but, you know, and they're going to be cool car chases and all this stuff. And they had this scene where this guy, this 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 crime guy who was. He basically kidnapped someone. And this guy was supposed to pay a ransom, but in order to keep him paying a ransom, they had to assure that the other person would live. Anyway, to get to the point I'm talking about, the crux of the biscuit, if you will, he said to one of his henchmen, he said, he says, he says, hey, henchman. No, no, he didn't. He didn't say that. He said, I want you to put a bug on his car. Now, in our modern-day technology and the way of telling stories, if this would have been like CSI, you know, Akron, right? CSI Akron. And uh, they would have said, put a bug in his car. They would have just showed a guy going, bloop, and lighting a, Mm -hmm. like, turning a button on. And that would be the whole scene. This, the guy... He goes over and he dials the phone. So he's so he's dialing the phone, and then he tells the guy, "I need you to put a bug on this guy's car." So they show yeah. the guy. You you really are a good foley artist. He walks out of his house with a bag, gets in his car. We see him do that. He drives across town, gets out, looks around, puts the bug on the car. Gets back in his car, drives back home, gets back on the phone. It's done, boss. And it's like, I wanted to punch something. (laughs) It was, it was literally watching paint dry. Can we get back to these guys being smart asses sliding on the hood of their cars and getting, you know, that's what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? But with today's today's editing and everything it's like you don't have time to have a guy drive across town to put a bug in a car but that do you think that that's because when it originally aired you know you'd be watching it while eating dinner so you were busy right and your your mom would just have gotten home from a rough day at the factory so hey don't talk tired. about my mom man that my mom that is pointless okay. why why would you i can't this oh, is what sorry. a is talking about that's my it. mom your mom who I love, by the way. I love you. Good, good people. Uh, do you think that that's? Uh, do you think that that's why it's just because it's different times and people I don't know? Well, I just think that back then people told a story differently. Now we tell everything's instant. Like for example, if the Kiss Meets the Phantom were made today, uh, we would see the powers more than we talk about them, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. And I don't think that Paul would have to lift his legs like he's cutting one to make that 
laser bridge. That's always disturbed me. There would maybe be different decisions that were made. There'd be a lot more different decisions that would be made. But still, nonetheless, here we are. What I said earlier, 75 years later, we're still talking about Kiss Meets the Phantom on the 75th anniversary. For those of you in the future, long after Gary and I are gone, you can pretend that this was the 75th commemoration anniversary episode of Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Podcast. So a movie a movie we love so hard. That's right. So I just I just thought that was an interesting way of looking at things, you know, that sure. how that comes about. So that's the superpowers of Kiss. The next thing that I want to talk about is this is a quote from Eric Singer in nineteen ninety eight published in a magazine called Expression, a Swedish newspaper, from May 11th, 1998. Kiss with Makeup is a show... Oh, this is Eric Singer speaking now, just so that nobody thinks I'm... This is me. This is Eric... This is quoting Eric Singer now. Kiss Kiss with Makeup is a show and nothing else. Kiss without makeup was a completely different thing because we tried to play good as well. If you listen to the recordings of the concerts we did, you will see that it's obvious that we played good and were tight. Even Gene and Paul played better when Bruce and I were in the band. Today their show is fun, but I won't comment on the music. That would be unfair. Now, I don't think I don't think Eric's being pissy. I think he's saying that you're dressed up in makeup, you're wearing high heels more than anyone's mommy is wearing. And um you know, it is a show going on. Whereas Kiss Unmasked had less explosions and stuff like that, you know. I think he's also saying that Bruce Kulik and Eric Singer are more proficient musicians than Ace Frehley and Peter Chris, And I think that that is a, a, an uncontroversial conclusion to draw. There are things that, like, look, musically, the most impressive Kiss concert I ever saw was in 1992. And I've said this on the show before, and, and uh, I don't mind saying it again, that I was 99% over the moon ecstatic when the reunion happened. I was I couldn't have been more excited. And I was 1% disappointed that one of the most um, promising eras of history musically was about to end, was ending, had ended, right? Because I was one of those people waiting with bated breath for Carnival Souls to arrive in in record stores. I was, I, Gene was doing interviews where he was talking about, I'm listening to King Crimson and, and Pink Floyd, and we have a song called Childhood's End. And, you know, that to me is like amazing. I want that record. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, I, I loved Revenge and I, I, that, that tour, you know, it, yes, it wasn't heavily attended, but boy, was it great. Mm-hmm. Now you say you love Revenge. Are you talking about Revenge on all of your enemies, past and future? Uh, I'm, I'm, May they die like pigs in hell? Or are you vindic- talking about the album? Look, I, you know, I'm an Old Testament guy, as you know. So, um, right. Anyway, uh, I, I, I think that uh, Eric Singer makes a valid point about the, the musical differences. Um, they sounded great in 1998, I thought. They were pretty good, you know? Better than, I think, on the reunion tour, to be honest. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it was also the guy had just basically been let go. Mm-hmm. So, and he, yeah. And he took it hard. That. Well, I would take it hard too. You're in this band that's working and, you know, but I think that like Bruce has said in the past that you knew at some point the reunion was going to knock on the door. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You could, Mm -hmm. you could read the tea leaves, right? Sure. So anyway. Right. That was, that came as a surprise to no one, I think, but probably, well, I mean, Eric has said that, uh, and they've talked about this. They talked about it on the, on the A&E biography thing that came out recently. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I don't look at this as a big scandalous revelatory no. thing, but it is interesting in in hindsight or hind end sight, right? One or one or the other. It's it's it is interesting to look back, and it's it's one of those cases where more than one thing can be true at the same time. You and I love that paradigm. You and I love that yes. uh, looking at things. Yeah, this dialectic that more than and there's more than one way to talk about that too so but we love the fact that it's just a truism in life that the older we get the more we see Mm -hmm. that more than one thing can be true at one time that's the problem with like narratives whether i mean take a look at get back for example the the beatles documentary right because we can't have an episode of the podcast without mentioning the beatles at some point i mean we have but it's rare the show's probably suffered for it. So, but you know, if you take a look at what was reportedly the worst time of the Beatles' career, and then you see them not only manage to do one album's worth of material, but another album's worth of material, and a lot of songs that would wind up on their solo albums, that's a pretty productive couple weeks, right? Yeah, like that's amazing, yeah. and to see them having fun. And butting heads. The thing is, is that if you're doing anything, what no matter what band you're in, you're going to butt heads at some point, or mm-hmm. headbutt if you get drunk mm-hmm. enough and feel like you know. Anyway, but I don't think that this quote is anything scandalous or bad, but it is interesting to look at in hindsight. I don't think it's scandalous or bad. I do think that it's um, th- there's a difference from how. Eric Singer spoke about such things versus how Bruce Kulig did or did not speak about such things. Uh, that is to say, we know of Eric Singer that he's a more impulsive, off the cuff, unfiltered sort of a chap. Uh, Bruce is Bruce more Kulig, reserved, much more so, and and probably, I mean better at bur- not burning bridges maybe I, although you yeah know, but look at how it worked out right eric's, yes, of course. Yeah, eric's behind the kit so right. it's not like it burned any bridges no absolutely not and uh when you're as good as eric singer there's a lot you can say mm-hmm. right so I, I don't know i mean it's it's fine it's a it's a very uh uncontroversial i think comment to make right uh, you know so it, it it is it's fine, but but what was that? I mean, was that basically the thing? Was just like, is that a fair comment, or is the question like, oh, funny? You know, some people were saying like, you know, it's weird now that he's in the band again, he wouldn't say that. But I I think that he would say that there is a difference between what this kiss, the current kiss, has to do on stage, and what the kiss of revenge had to do on stage. I think he would say that they are two different animals to this day. I hope he would say, and I think it would be fair, that uh, when he came back in 2004, okay, not 2001, 
but when when it was the 2004 with Tommy Thayer lineup moving forward as it is now, that um, we did get both. I would like to say it isn't the revenge era as far as musicality, because just no offense to Tommy Thayer, but it's not like with Bruce Kulick, it's different. Um, right. But I would say that this lineup musically brings so much uh, ability. Right. I mean, this lineup has, I think, without argument, played the, the, the broadest selection of Kiss songs live. Yes, but they've right? also been a live act longer than any other incarnation of the band so of course right. they better have you know what i mean that's not sure but uh I, I will say this that no matter how we feel about it and i'm not a big fan of saying the star child or the demon or the cat man especially when there are more than one person and they have names and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know uh there's a part of me i understand for merchandising or storytelling why you would do that but you know, for me, when I think of the Catman, I think of Peter Chris. It's mm-hmm. just the way it is. And uh, sure. it'll always be that way, right? Yeah. Eric's the Fox, and Eric Singer is the blonde guy from the Revenge era. <laughs> and then he became Eric Singer, the member of Kiss who wears that makeup. But I don't necessarily ever think of... Tommy as the spaceman or Eric as the catman. I think of them as members of Kiss named Eric and Tommy. I think I, I, I do both. And I, I mean, we've talked about this one. Again, more than one thing could be true at the same time. Yeah, that's right. When the makeup, when they did the reunion, it as great as it was and as dynamite as they looked, um, it was hard not to see through the makeup because because we knew what they looked like. We already knew, right? Right, right. And, you know, similarly, like when Eric Singer donned the kiss, the cat makeup and when uh, Tommy did the spaceman makeup, it looked like Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer. It didn't it, you know, it was different. Uh, But I I will say, like when watching the, you know, if I watch the Scooby Doo thing with it, they did. Right. Or even Mm -hmm. when I took my kids to the kiss to their kiss concert. Right. There is something special about it being the cat man and the spaceman because those guys have things they do on stage that that the cat man and the space man do that the cat man do there you go well one thing i'm going to say and i don't think this is controversial in any way shape or form while everybody wears the makeup when they are wearing makeup it really is the fifth member of the band in a lot of ways it's like i'm herschel let's boogie you know what i mean it's it's its own thing it it, you really have to put on a different kind of a show than when it's just you playing music during the revenge era this is like when people say of when harry met sally that you know new york city is a character in the film yeah <laughs> why does that make you groan that makes everybody groan because it should that that's overused like there are certain <laughs> times that that is a truism you know what i mean that that's a real no, thing know, like you really get a sense of something that film could have took place in Chicago and it wouldn't have mattered what? to me at all. Oh my God. Hang your head in shame. You know, whenever I watch, whenever when Harry Met Sally is on and they show pictures of New York, I turn to Esme and I'm like, you know, and she's like, shut up. Because you're going to say I've been there. Or what? What? No, I'm going to say, you know, 
New York City really is like another character in the film. I'd slap like... you. I would probably just <laughs> ball my fist up and slap you, film. cuff you. I, I would puppy cuff you. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm going to make it up. That's where you don't like do an actual fist, but it's a little bit of, cool. you know, like that <laughs> kind right. of a thing. That's fair. Enough out of you with that. So why I ought to. Anyway, I'd never hit you. You know I love you. Aww. Baby, you bring this on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and, no, I'd never cuff you, Gary. I'd never hey, Ken. Yes. What's your astrological sign? I am a Gemini and slippery when wet. What about you? I am also a wet boy. I am a Pisces of the, the fish variety. Uh, I rule the feet. You rule the feet? I, I, I've heard that about Pisces. Pisces rules the feet. That's that's a weird thing, right? Because fish don't got feet. But anyway, uh, th that's one thing I've heard. Uh -huh. Well, 16 Magazine, because they were desperate to, you know, have a feature on KISS each each month that it came to us. And people don't, if, if you weren't around for 16 Magazine, it was weird because you felt as a guy that you probably shouldn't necessarily be buying 16 magazine all the time because it was like mm -hmm. an ultra hot centerfold with Leaf Garrett and Scott Bayo. And you're like, I'm just here to buy the kiss pinups. So you know did, did that mean? mean that you, did you go to the newsstand or the local drugstore and did you say, I would like very much a copy of life magazine and also 16. No, but you'd go over and pick it up and you'd put it on the counter. And sometimes you'd also get Circus Magazine, Rock Scene, Teen Beat, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. or things about like Gene Simmons's clone, like those weird magazines that came out. Mm -hmm. But I remember one time, like when John Lennon was murdered, I bought the issue of Rolling Stone or tried to buy the issue of Rolling Stone. It had John and Yoko on a bed and John was nude. Mm-hmm. And his leg was crossed over Yoko, who was laying there fully clothed. And just because you could see the side of John's leg, like you didn't see mm -hmm. the butt, you didn't see the noodles, nothing. But the guy wouldn't let me buy it. Wow. And like I was wow. going to be 18 in a matter of months. This was not you, going to be anything all that scandalous. You know, were I mean? you like. Where you're like, dude, I, I have one of those things. I see it all the time. Yeah, I. It, well, it's a. You've heard a side boob, right? This was a side yeah, hip. Side, side. It boob. was a side hip. That's mm -hmm. all it was. There was nothing, right. no schmeckle yeah. detected. Okay. So, but I, that always pissed me off that I had to have my mother who was like, I can't believe I have to go and get this for you. Why should I have to do this? You know what I mean? Right. It was ridiculous. Anyway, so sixteen magazine sometimes was questionable. Like you would get uh, everything from the village people to Leaf Garrett to Sean Cassidy, the Bay City Rollers. Those would be what would be on the other side of your Kiss pinups, right? And that would be what's on the cover. And it wouldn't it wouldn't just be enough that like, um, you know, what ten things will make you uh, Scott Baio's girlfriend? I don't necessarily want to be Scott Baio's girlfriend, right? But. So you would buy it, and it would always have some kiss component towards the top of the magazine. Do you know why it would be towards the top of the magazine? Because it would be sticking up on the rack? Yeah. You see uh, if, if you had the magazine rack, as opposed right. to, you know, you would see just, oh, there's a member of kiss. I'm going to grab that magazine. And then you nice. pick it up, and it's got, you know, what favorite dishes can you cook to make the Bay City Rollers your own? 
you know, things like that. So something Scottish. Utmanwadi. Right? Yeah, could be. Could be. <sighs> By the way, rest in peace, Les McCown. That's you know, a lot we lost a lot of people in two thousand twenty one. But we're not gonna get into that here. So right. but just it's it's getting tough to be a fan of older acts, let's put it that way. So there was an episode of Sixteen magazine that came out and it had on the cover Kiss Lovoscopes and the stars reveal what they won't and they is like emboldened. So Sixteen so magazine had the Kiss Lovoscopes. You know what now they'd be on AARP and it would say Kiss Lovoscopies. <laughs> they they could be could be so i'm going to like we're going to skim the loveoscopes and see if we're compatible or what these how true these things are based on what we know from mm-hmm. history itself mm-hmm. so let's who do you want to start out with uh well you know i'm 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 partial to gene so let's go there all right well one of the weird things that i'm looking at the other ones they jeans has something different that theirs does not and there's a pinup with each the one that with gene is he's holding a casket that looks like a small monster would go into mm-hmm. and he's got his tongue out and it says kiss loveoscopes the stars reveal what they won't and it's got gene simmons loveoscope and the s is a dollar bill ah so wait this is 1978 fine yeah eight ish yeah yeah okay sure Gary, if you want to get things done, then this Virgo is your man. All right. Name, Gene Simmons, birthday, August 25th, sign, Virgo. Mm -hmm. Characteristics. That wiry guy who's so cool and collected on the outside has a lot more going on inside. I always thought so. If he's a typical Virgo. Now, it's uh, broken into two different things. Mm -hmm. Gene's bright side and Gene's dark side. So let's go to the bright side, Mr. Brightside, instead of Mr. Make-Believe. He's true blue in every way. You couldn't ask for a better friend, companion, or working buddy than Gene Simmons. When you've got Gene on your side, you've got him for life. If you don't do something to lose his trust, that is, (laughs) you can count on Gene to be there when you're ill and to share in your happiness as well. His unselfish nature and his devotion to friends and family are his most positive points. You know, there is some truth in that. Yeah, we've heard we heard that from Paul, right? Yeah. That's, like that's, yeah. I like it's weird because people say like, oh, Gene is bad mouth and this member of the band that's no longer in the band. But if you're in the band, mm-hmm. he's got your back. When you're out of the gang, when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way, right? Yes. That's that's how Gene like looks at things. If you're in my gang, I will back you to the wall. When you're right. not in my gang, you lose gang privileges. Sure. Now, this is the one, try not to fall down laughing. He's a one-girl guy. Well, I mean, at a time, I suppose. Like, one at a no, time. No, th- th- he's into three ways. You know that. Or was. Whatever. Okay. Okay. This Virgo is awfully hard to pin down. I think that's what the lady in Secretly Cruel <laughs> Although he definitely has an eye for the ladies, which that's definitely a 70s line. That's, this, you know, I've got an eye for the ladies, <laughs> if you know what I mean. 
that's straight up a uh, Larry from Three's Company material. Yeah, or Herb Carlson from WKRP. Um, <laughs> right. But when a lady manages, when a lady manages the trick, poor poor word choice. Go on. I'm gonna I'm gonna start again on this, not to edit, but just because I'm so lost, yeah. I, my mind is boggling. Yeah. yeah. The Virgo is awfully hard to pin down, although he definitely has an eye for the ladies. But when a lady manages the trick, she gets mm -hmm. more than she ever imagined. Well, given his cultural heritage, she she, she probably gets a, just a little bit less. Isn't that true, right? That is a circumcision joke, everybody. Good night. hey oh, I didn't even know that's where you were going. I should have oh. known with your foul mind. Oh. Having a Virgo as a boyfriend means lots of attention for you, especially if the guy's Gene, and although he likes his girls one at a time, there's a willing to call it a day if things don't work out. So hang in there, Gene lovers. He's quiet, efficient, and very hardworking. I think that, that that is true. Accurate. You can ask any of the guys in KISS. Gene is an incredible genius. Well, depending on the day. Hey, Peter, is Gene an incredible genius? Yeah, we're just going to let that one lie on the. You know. Right. In a very quiet but very organized way, Gene can come up with ideas that will knock you off your feet. Mm -hmm. And what's more, that he'll follow through on every project he starts. Well, history has shown that may not always be the case. Anyone who's watched Gene in concert doing all those exciting tricks can also mm -hmm. testify to the hard work that went into mastering those jobs. Fair. Accurate. Accurate. Right? I mean, not that he does 87 things on stage that are tricks, but of the, you know, two or three that he does, pretty pretty consistent, pretty good. And he also learned how to do, like, tap dancing and uh, the twist and all that. You know, he's, he's, he's learned things. Sure. And, you know... And he, that, he... that tongue thing, he spent hours in front of a mirror hours uh look he, he did want to do a magazine he did a magazine with his name on it right he he wanted to produce albums he produced albums he wanted to act in movies he acted in movies right so like pretty good he wanted to write a song with bob dylan one song later he did not bad agreed agreed so gene stark side he worries oh. more than he cares to admit for a perfectionist like Gene, wondering what you think of his work is always a question he worries about. Beneath that bat-like stage makeup lies the mind and heart of a pussycat who needs your love and appreciation. Problem <laughs> is, he's never quite sure if he's living up to your expectations. So it's worry, worry all of the time. Would they be great expectations? I had to say. Mm, there you go. Nice. Thinking yeah. Yeah. That's good, good, yeah. He hates ignorance. This very critical Virgo is intolerant of people who aren't on the ball. I'd say that's true. Gene's incredibly honest and will make him call you on anything you might say or do that doesn't seem right. He's very demanding of himself in that respect, and he's very demanding of others as well. It's he's not that he's being mean. Yeah, it, it's not that he's being mean, Gary. He just wants to stay awake he wants you to stay awake. No. He just wants you to stay aware, always. Okay. We've heard that about him, right? We've heard that uh, he's he is very demanding 
uh, you know, to his employees or his subordinates or whatever, colleagues even. And, uh, and, 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 and for the betterment of KISS. Or worsenment of KISS. Oh, sure. It's not a word. Uh, he's possessive. When you are part of Gene's life, you're part of his life, and that's that. So any of you ladies out there with free will, I'm, no, I, I'm, I'm adding that. So, th and that's that. If you are an object of Gene's affections, you'll be showered with attention, and that's not even mentioning all the gifts you get. Not bad for a Virgo who's generally not romantic. So be aware what he needs. Gene would like that. Do you know what I've done a very good job of over these now just about 15 years of podcast? What? I've done a, I have to say, I've really done a very good job of not going through various diagnostic criteria about members of KISS, right? Because oh, you'll uh, go crazy if you do. Well, right. And I and I'll tell you what, A, it wouldn't be very ethical to do that. It's not that's not what that that's not what that is for. And it is and it's a base a debasement of science. Uh, and also, you know, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be valid. You don't diagnose a celebrity unless they are really crazy. But it is reminding me a little bit of some of the things that uh, that we read about when we read about certain things. Never mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know where all you're going with that, but that's OK. So I think people have said that Gene is pretty narcissistic. And, and you know, I, I think. There's a little bit of that, but but I think what what tempers that, right, is where I'm going with this. I think you know what that kind of like self adoration and aggrandizement and so on. What tempers that is the light side, as 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 the article says, right, where it's actually he's very generous. He's thinking about other people. He has an eye on what others need and a loyalty and a kind of a, well, a, we, a, we 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 have seen both. I, yeah. I, I think what you're talking about is analyzing from fans, which is fanalizing. Oh, I love it. That's a, that's, that's good. That's a port man. Totally awesome. Mm -hmm. So but, how do you get around Gene Stark's side? This guy needs all the love and understanding you can muster. Don't nag him. Don't fib about anything ever. And don't overreact when he needs you to give him some time and space. It'll pay off. Don't complain, ladies. Yeah, so who is this aimed at? You know, I know that it's it was the seventies, right? So mm -hmm. who who's up next? We got three more. Who do you want to do next? Pablo, Paul, Pop, oh Paul, Pablo, mm -hmm. Paulo Cruz. So we've got Paul Stanley's Loveoscope. Look very carefully because there's more to Paul Stanley than meets the eye. Wait, okay, I'm going to make a prediction. The yep. word sensitive. The word sensitive will appear. At least one time. I'll take you up on that. Let's find out. All right. All right. Name Paul Stanley, birthday, January 20th, sign Capricorn, characteristic. People born under the sign of Capricorn are like still waters. They run very deep. Paul's bright side. He's very responsible. Okay. You can trust Paul Stanley with anything or anyone you love or treasure. He's well-organized, responsible, and a perfectionist about anything he does. It's awfully hard to sidetrack a Capricorn, and it's guaranteed that Paul's the same way. Yeah, so it's guaranteed that Paul's mm -hmm. the same way. Mm -hmm. Need a job well done? Paul Stanley's your man. He's strong and gentle. Paul's a guy with incredibly strong character, and he's a fella you'll love to lean on because he's very gentle, too. Gen gentle. 
Yeah, he's very genteel too. You can ask Paul for any kind of advice and he'll give it gladly and you can rest assured that your personal story will go no further or farther. Mm. Paul is definitely not the gossipy type. He's an excellent friend, very close to his family. Don't ever try and get in between and very, very loving, even when he's not showing it. He's determined. Paul has a great sense of business and, like other Capricorns, is very ambitious about the things that mean the most to him. His career, for example. He's very tough and he respects tradition, authority, and success. His straight-ahead style gets him, if not now, eventually exactly what he wants. Ooh, that's kind of a chilling prophecy. What are you thinking? Well, it's kind of like he wound up controlling Kiss for all intents and purposes. Right. And you could say that, like so many things, right, it's 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 um because he's such a loyal person, because he's so driven. And then you can also say it's because he wants things my way. Well, we've often talked about Kiss Survivor, right? Like, like you know, there's the TV show Survivor where people have to sure. make alliances. He and Gene made that alliance. And once you, it was five votes. Then once it got down to three votes, right? It's Kiss Survivor. You know, you win right. every every vote, basically. So Paul's dark side. He gets very depressed. It's very easy for wow. Capricorn. Yeah, it says he gets he gets depressed, and they're just they're not necessarily going by Paul Stanley. They're going by, you know, okay. The stars, if you will. Interesting, though, because, yeah, it's interesting. Okay. It's very easy for Capricorns to get depressed because so much of what they feel is kept inside. Outside, you see a person who's got everything under control, yet inside there usually lives the gentlest of souls who dream all the time and longs to be loved and complimented. If all eventually becomes a vicious cycle, and that's why it's so easy for someone to like Paul Stamp. Uh, it, that's why it's so easy for someone like Paul Stanley to be depressed. I'm sorry, but it's, this is from a scan, and it's not always easy to. No, you're doing great. Words. Yeah. No, I, I get it. It's also. No, I'm um, doing. I'm doing mildly average. Let's not. No, no it's also it. nothing against the author. It's just like clunky writing, too, right? How dare you? Okay. I won't let you to besmirch the fine staff of Sixteen Magazine. I'm sorry about the besmirching. Yeah, no, no besmirching here. It's just that the scan is not 300 DPI. Anyway, yeah. he won't always say what's on his mind. Trying to second guess a Capricorn is pretty difficult indeed, especially if you're a girl in his life. Sometimes he'll forget to say the things you want to hear the most, not because he's spiteful, but because he kind of thinks you ought to know what he feels. I love you, for ex- for, for instance. Sometimes he'll forget that people need to be reminded again and again and again of that meaningful phrase. It won't mm-hmm. be very easy to get this guy to change either. Mm-hmm. He's almost too perfect. Wow. Have you ever seen Paul when he wasn't looking absolutely perfect? Doubtful. He's not the sort to leave most things to chance. He takes great pains to look good and act properly. It can be just a bit unnerving because he'll want you to be the same way. I know a person who works in publishing. They were present for Zoom-style meetings with Paul about his most recent book. 
And uh, this friend told me they never had a meeting, you know, anytime they were meeting with Paul, he was, he was reclining upon his, his bed dressed in his Paul Stanleyist finery. So that is very consistent with the picture that's being painted here of, uh, of, a, of a person who never presents any less than their, their what they want to put out as right. far as an image. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Which I suppose is. So like even during a zoom meeting, he's, he's dressed to his nines, if you will. He's, he's, he's wanting to uh, present the image he wants to present. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you and I would show up with like, we'd, we'd be in our bathroom with our hair up in a towel. Gary, you look just like diarrhea. How are you old friend? Yeah. Well, here's how to get around Paul's dark side. Okay. Always be a lady when you're with this kiss guy and try to remember that there's more going on than meets your eye or his be gentle with him and understanding and he'll appreciate it. And then some, so there we go. If you're a member of the Bay city rollers, always be a laddie. Don't you mean a lass? Well, sure. Get with it. Know your roller pronouns. Okay. So who's next? Hmm. Let's do ace conspiracy theorist Fraley. Okay. Ace Fraley's love scope. Paul Daniel Ace Fraley, born April 27th, Taurus. Characteristics, ever hear the expression stubborn as a bull? Well, whoever thought that one up must have had a Taurus in mind. Wah, wah. Uh -oh. <laughs> Ace's bright side. He's reliable. This solid, steady Taurus is the friend you'll always be able to count on. Once you've become a buddy of Aces, he'll lend an ear to any problems you may have, get you out of a jam, or do that favor you've always asked him for. It may take some time, mind you, but Ace always comes through, and as a family man, this guy's got love and loyalty to spare. Ace is very close to his folks, and all the glitter and glamour in the world couldn't help keep this guy from his roots. He's courageous. Ace is that a was, man of that, that was accurate. The, sorry, the, the 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 accurate statement in all of that was was perhaps the one about true to his roots, right? He's yeah. he's, he's a Bronx boy. He's always going to be a Bronx boy. The rest of it, maybe not so much. Mm -hmm. Ace is courageous. He's courageous, is what it says. Ace is a man of courage. He'll never look. No, he'll. Sorry, it's the scan. He's courageous. Ace is a man of courage. He'll never back off when there's trouble and he'll do his best to keep trouble from the people closest to him. He often will keep in just to avoid making some, that doesn't make sense. This may be badly written. Maybe we do need to be smart people. He'll often keep things in just to avoid making someone else feel bad or uncomfortable for years. As a matter of fact, this Taurus fella is really a man's man, the sort of men and women look up to. He's very cool under pressure and when he wants to be. He's very, very careful. He's so careful that they had to say very twice. Side note. Mm -hmm. As a typical Taurus, Ace mm -hmm. takes everything in stride. He almost never worries. He's never nervous. And if anything, you can say that Ace is very predictable in his behavior. I think there's some truth to that. Okay. The guy is a really fast thinker, but you can bet 
your boots, he'll think of things out before he acts. I'm not so sure about that. Yes. I, and I would say he is a very fast thinker that he immediately decides things perhaps without the long range implications or, or, or examining carefully the evidence for and against. Right. Right. That's why Ace has a house in the country. It's as important to his way of life as touring with Kiss. Ace needs to have something to show for his work and a place to retreat from everyone and everything and rest assured that any little frailies that come along will have their futures mapped out perfectly by Ace himself. Ace takes no chances, and once he makes up his mind about something, it stays made up. Thoughts? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ace's dark side. He's stubborn. A Taurus guy will convince you that he was the inspiration for the word stubborn. Once he... <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Once he's decided on a plan of action, there's no stopping Ace from doing exactly what he's set out to do. Be it a musical project or a personal one, Ace is going to get it done his way. Although a Taurus will never be cruel, he'll let you know where he stands by either shutting up or blowing up. I don't know if Ace has ever been all that quiet. Sure. He's got a temper. Not only can a Taurus be grumpy, but if embarrassed badly or in his position is question or if his position is questioned in any way, he can fly off the handle. We've heard that. Then again, he may just sit there and brood until later, but showing that temper is most likely what he will do. This guy really needs to feel like he's in charge of the situation and himself. That's what's at the bottom of it all. But be advised that you may only see that temper once every few years. So don't worry about it very much, young ladies. Ladies. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't say young ladies. I added that. Mm -hmm. But this is what the, you know, it's written with the, the teen fan in mind who has a crush on this tourist. Strapping young lad. He doesn't like sudden changes. Because of Ace's stubbornness and the slow and steady style he's developed, a sudden change is going to throw him off. He's not the guy you should surprise with a new haircut or plans to visit friends who live far away. That would be a definite no-no. This guy likes right. to stay at home in familiar surroundings more than anything else and never ever suggest that Ace stay in an apartment for too long. He's a country gentleman who needs all the fishing and swimming he can get in. You can't confine a Taurus who values his freedom and mother nature above other things ever. So we have heard that he likes to go fishing with dynamite and shooting and stuff like that. Right. And we've also heard that from him, from him, right. That, uh, yeah, remember when, when he, when, remember when he shot himself or something, they were, he was going to take a helicopter, uh, and he was on like a shooting range and he fired a gun and there was some blowback and it caught him a bit. Remember that? I don't, I mean, it, I, I believe it. I don't remember that one. And that was but. when Tommy was dressed up as Ace and Ace says that he popped him one. I thought that was the time when uh, Ace walked in and just said, oh, hi, Tommy. Right. Like no big deal. Yeah. We've heard both stories. Right. So we, we've also heard, you know, just to, to reify this, I guess, uh, 
right? We've heard Ace himself say how hard it was on the on the tours, the reunion tours, right? When more dates were added and more dates right. were added, right? And so like there is that sort of not comfortable with changes of plans, needs his downtime. Yep. Sure, that's consistent. Okay. I I just don't. I mean, I know he likes to swim. Uh, we've heard about him fishing and shooting mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, you know, target yeah. practice and all that. Mm-hmm. Targets, not you know, like Tom Snyder mode. Targets, right. targets, not not people, just targets. Right. You know, uh, how to get around Ace's dark side, which was not a Pink Floyd album. Mm-hmm. Dark side of the Ace. Yes. <laughs> Which would be a cool mashup of songs from Dark Side of the Moon and Ace's solo album from 78. That would be an interesting thing. Like money mixed with New York group. Anyway, your your, your basic problem with a guy like Ace is that you always have to remember that he's the man and you're not. Enjoying those differences will keep Ace's temper in tow and he'll be the greatest, strongest, most dear friend you'll ever have. He's the man and you're not. So is that that's for the ladies or is that just, you know, if you're hanging out with him on a No, I'm assuming it's for romantic things. These are loveoscopes. They're not friendoscopes, Gary. Right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. Okay. He's the man. All right. Go on. Peter Chris's loveoscope. The stars say that this pussycat's quite a romantic and they're right. Oh, there, there was no sensitive in the Paul one. I was wrong. Oh, yeah. yeah. Take that, Gary Schaller. Ooh. What do I win? What do I win? My... Take your bet. Well, I'll tell you what. What you win is on the 75th anniversary of Destroyer, I will pay, <laughs> I will pay you $5. Which you'll gladly pay me next Tuesday. So, the stars say that this pussycat's quite a romantic, and they're right. I, w- I would think that Peter Chris is probably a grand gesture guy. Sure. Wouldn't you think that? I mean, I think that he's a grand gesture guy. Right. Like he'll show I, up he'll show up in a limo for your date. Yeah, and I think he would rent the entire restaurant or movie theater out for you. I think he he would do that sort of a thing. Yes, yes. I think so. A grand gesture sort of guy. Name Peter George John Crisquilla, Peter Chris. Birthday mm-hmm. December twentieth. Uh which is not all that long ago, so we're in between mm-hmm. Peter's and Paul's birthday right now. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, sign Sagittarius. Characteristics: You can spot a Sagittarius a mile away. He's just a guy with a smile on his face. Peter's bright side. He's got a zest for life. I would say that's true. The mm-hmm. Sagittarius guy has a wonderful zest for life that is difficult to match. He's very bright and intelligent and loves having fun, especially with people he cares about. He's imaginative when it comes to making plans, although sitting at the television to watch the big game counts, and that he's probably the luckiest fellow you'll ever meet, too. Peter has a way of making things work, be it luck or whatever, that can't be beat, and that the stars say he's going to be a super father one day, too, just to make things interesting. So I guess that the teenage girl who would be reading this and dreaming of marrying Peter Chris is like, Oh, we're going to have kids and he's going to be a good dad. He's going to be a good dad. That's great. And he does love Jenna Lee. Right. I mean, so it's kind of true. And he he does love to spend time at home and alone. And you know, one of the things that, you know, 
talked about Ace being a country gentleman. I love the fact that Peter Chris doesn't need uh, to be in the spotlight all the time. I love that about him. Yeah. I, I think that any of the, you know, we're going to talk about reading this about Peter's bright side and dark side. Any of the things that he had to figure out, I think he has. And I can't say enough good about Peter Chris in that sense. Uh, he but, has retired quietly and gracefully. If, if... How about this? That it's possible as a member of KISS, it's, he's, he's done about as good a job as anyone could hope. Right. Oh, definitely. You know, yeah. So next chapter, he's an optimist. If you listen to Peter long enough, you'll pick up on another typical trait of, of the Sagittarius. He's optimistic about everything. Don't ever tell this guy that it can't be done. Of course, he thinks otherwise. According to Sagittarius, everything will work out if you try hard enough. That includes Peter's longstanding ambition of being a singer like Frank Sinatra. It also includes romance, that there's always lots of it in any Sagittarius's life. That's part of all the excitement, don't you know? Hmm. Okay. And I, I think that I think that's kind of true. You know, I, I think that the Sinatra style didn't quite work out, you know. Sadly, KISS fans can't, you know, expand to embrace yeah. other. Like, I was talking about this the other day to someone. It's weird that a band puts out an album every two or three years now, right? Right, right. Like, that's standard fare, whereas KISS was putting out an album every two a year. You know, right. two a year. And the Beatles even more so, right? Sure. And it's weird because I was thinking about the Beatles once again. And how, like, their fans had to accept them from going, she loves you and I want to hold your hand to Helter Skelter and Revolution Number 9, right? And relatively speaking, a matter of months, basically. Well, let's say four years, over a four-year period, four- or five-year period, you know, because the Beatles were on together for six years once right. they started recording albums. Right, so, right, right. So when you think about it like that, there you didn't really have time to, like, sit there and go i just want the first album again that was already blown out by the third album the third album was right. nothing like the first and the sixth album was nothing like the third so it was a constant evolving mm -hmm. so if like ringo wanted to do uh an album where he was crooning beatles fans were more open to it than if kiss fans would have been of peter chris and that's sad that's sad right. Yeah, as evidenced by the, the Peter Soul album, which I adore. And we've talked many times about how, how much I love that album and why. And I think you have a, a we share a fondness for it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's, it's weird. I didn't always feel that way. But the more I grew up, mm -hmm. the more I did. Yeah. There's a word I underlined, you know, grew up, you know, grow up, folks. It's just music. Let people, right. ex you know, be what they want to be. You can like it or not, but doesn't mean it's necessarily bad it's just your opinion right sure another the last thing under peter's bright side it says he's unbelievably honest the sagittarius like peter's honest to a fault be prepared to hear almost anything from peter because eventually you will it's a bit unpredictable but you'll enjoy every minute of peter's honesty once you get used to it and remember he likes honest people as friends he's not likely to put up with anything less i think peter chris is very honest yeah. Whether it's true or not, and that could be said about Ken Mills and Gary Schaller, we try to be as honest as we can. We may not be based in someone else's reality, right? Right. It, it, yeah, because there's you could be honest and and inaccurate, right? Yeah, like like you could have your feelings hurt and react out of that, and that's honestly how you felt. Mm 
but then when you step back later you can see a larger picture perhaps so yeah yeah well yeah. said well yeah. said so under peter's dark side in 16 magazine take it for what it's worth he's got a temper being happy-go-lucky sort of guy and having an almost blind faith in his friends leaves peter open to being hurt very badly i would say that that's true yes that sounds accurate Watch out if he is and then gets angry, because you haven't seen the likes of that explosion in ages. This is a Sagittarius's biggest fault, but one that you don't usually see. Thank goodness. Peter grew up on the streets of New York, and he still hasn't forgotten the lessons he learned from there. Don't hurt him. That's really the answer. Ladies. Yes. Yeah, that sounds about right, right? We've heard that about Peter, that there's a, an explosivity or explosiveness or whatever. like. Uh... And, and that he, you know, he he's a he's a gentle sweetheart. He's a real pussycat and has a temper about him. There's a loyalty or honesty about him, and um, and what you see is what you get. He's sort of a straight shooter in that way. Well, I think that you know, again, this isn't Sixteen Magazine. This is Ken, the guy who's a fan of this band, speaking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that Peter Chris is kind of a handshake guy. Like, I think Peter Chris wants to come from a world where if you shake hands on something, that's the deal. And then when the deal gets changed down the road because it wasn't necessarily spilled out 100% in the contract, and then when it is, it's too late. You know what I mean? I think that that's been a situation Peter Chris has faced over time where he feels that it's like, it's almost like the old Italian thing. Like, hey, we shake hands on it. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. So... Anyway, uh, the second thing under Peter's dark side is he can hurt your feelings because a Sagittarius guy can get carried away when he speaks. He's bound to come up with some of the darndest things. Peter Chris's say the darndest things. Remember that TV <laughs> show from the 70s? No. Uh, anyway, sometimes the things he say will seem factless or thoughtless, but you have to remember that they're not intended to be. If he comments on how many times he's seen you in the same dress smile, he's probably telling you that he loves the way you look in it. So there you go, Gary. If Peter says he likes you in that sense, he, if he sees you, you're wearing that dress again. Gary, the strapless thing again. Anyway, ladies. Well, you, you do have the boobs for it. Hot. He forgets. In love with a Sagittarius? Then maybe you should know that he's likely to forget your birthday. The time he was supposed to meet you at that restaurant or your name. Oh. <laughs> Hold on. Someone forgetting your name is that's a bit different than it ladies. actually says that. Does it yeah. Really? Again, I'm going to read that again. He's likely to forget your birthday. The time he was supposed to meet you at that restaurant or your name explanation point. Again, he's not being malicious or trying to hurt you on purpose. He's just a forgetful sort. And here's something for you not to forget. Sagittarius is, is hard to hold on to. So when you've got his attention, don't let him get away. <laughs> well, that's like a cat, right? Come here. Come here. Peter. Peter. But how to get around Peter's dark side? Because these all end the same way. Uh, uh, except With him sweet, for what he... sweet cash. No, it doesn't. I'm just saying that each one of these quote-unquote articles end with how to get around Gene's dark side or Paul's dark side. Mm -hmm, this is dark side. Mm -hmm. Well, this is how to get around Peter's dark side. Accept okay. him for what he is, and this guy won't be able to hurt you at all. Give no. him room. He needs freedom desperately. 
and everything will be a-okay. And we could say ladies after that again, because this was aimed at the young female fan. It's hard. It, it, I mean, yeah, there is, there is a degree to which this reads like a, a how-to for staying in an abusive relationship. I agree. It's messed up, but that was the seventies. Sure. You know, it was, it was more a thing then, but, uh, we will put these in our show thread on our Facebook page when we do this. And I just thought it was interesting, like how some of it was real and how some of it has come true. And, you know, mm -hmm. but then again, horoscopes, I guess if you don't believe in them, you know, a what's the old saying a clock a broken clock is right twice a day right, right. so sure you know being that we're all humans but if you do agree or are into astrology it's amazing i will tell you this story i knew this woman who worked for the ashtabula star beacon and she was in charge of putting the horoscope in and she would get like sheets of horoscopes and one time they got jostled so they were no longer in order Oh my gosh. So she was just picking the next one that was on top and putting it on each day for the month. Wow, wow, wow. And it was like, okay, uh, I guess I don't have to take all that to heart. So, but it was <clears throat> interesting. So here we are. We've survived another Christmas, another year of podcasts, another year putting up with me. Right, Gary? I wouldn't want it any other way, my friend. Well, there you, you say that. This year, I want to do some cool things. Uh, I want to start from the first album. Yeah, actually a little bit before, but we'll get. Uh, I want to talk about the demos that were done. Yeah. And talk about how they were made before we get into the track by track and just kind of talk a little bit about that whole thing happening. And I wanted to bring Julian back in and I'd like to get Bill Starkey. I'd like to, yes. to sit down with him and have him give us a, a bit we can put into each episode about each album as it went on till he tapped out at whatever point he did. Because at some point it was like he was growing up and right, Kiss yeah. was going in different directions than they were, you know. But uh, I think that would be fun. So that's what I'm looking at. What are you doing? What do you mean? I hear you. Are you putting together a... BB-8? What, what is that? <laughs> no. no. I was moving a piece of plastic from hither to yon. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Stop, stop hithering and we're, we are... Re this is a professional podcasting recording that you know, trying to work right. through this. I'll just drink, I'll drink my coffee quietly. Clink. Clonk. <sighs> Foley sound effects guy. You know, it's weird. There's sounds that you make if you're recording for an old radio show that you would never care about in real life. But you like, if you're walking across the floor, clomp, clomp, clomp. You have to let the listener know you're walking across the floor. I'm walking you, across the floor now. Yeah. Did you ever, because saying it is kind of bizarre. Did you ever listen to Radio Mystery Theater? Oh, God. I love that stuff. Like, oh, you mean like old old uh old no i'm radio. talking no 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 a specific show that started in the 70s and it was a horror themed like anthology show that was on the radio and it was eg marshall was your host and he said good evening and this door would come in and this would air at like late at night 
you know, no, I'd be laying so. in your bed listening to this on AM radio and with this frightening guy sitting and it would come in and the door squeaks. And then there'd be this story about a guy who was baked in a cake or Ooh. a woman who got drowned and came back from the dead. You know, it would always be these things like that would just scare the piss out if you could stay up long enough to finish it because there was no repeating. You know what I mean? Right. Then. You ever listen to Alien Worlds? Is that a podcast? No, it was a. It was like around the same time, like late seventies, uh, radio show, like full fully all that special like audio effects and stuff. Uh, science fiction serial. Mm-hmm. Very good. Is is old time radio still a thing? I mean, there there are obviously some of us that still remember it. But um, by, by old time radio, I mean the serials and plays and I don't know entertainment I mean, I don't... shows and specials. But there was a big market from like the late sixties to yeah. within the last ten years, a, a market of selling them, be it digital or on right. album, CD, whatever. But I remember like box sets coming out of like the Marx oh, sure. Brothers radio appearances, you know, back I, in like, I, Abbott and Costello I, and all that stuff in the seventies. I have a ton of that downloaded on my phone because I love theater of the mind. And I think a lot of that has moved to podcasts. Now there are people doing like shows. Yeah. There's some great stuff out there. Yeah, There's some sure. great stuff out there. It's amazing to see how much podcasts have evolved and de-evolved at the same time. Cause every day there's a new podcast somewhere you know and everyone's starting out their experience level so even if someone learned every lesson that there was from 2006 up till now about podcasting there's someone figuring it out again for the first time so it's almost like a band starting in a garage somewhere like somewhere today there's a band in a garage figuring out how to play three chords right i will put a plug in here too for what you're saying that there's a uh, there's a great book called I'm going to blow the name, but it's something like everybody has a podcast. So why don't you? And it's by the McElroy brothers. One of my favorite podcasts is a comedy podcast called my brother, my brother and me, Justin uh-huh. McElroy, Griffin McElroy, Travis McElroy. And uh, it's a very funny book. Very good about making a podcast. So uh-huh. go buy it or you can download the audio. Um, I still want to do this thing. I've mentioned it before. Maybe, maybe this is maybe 2022 is the year. I want to get a bunch of us together, you, me, Matt Porter, whomever, uh, and I want to do an audio oil wrestling. I want to do some oil wrestling, you know, God willing, the pandemic allows it. But also, once we've toweled off, there's no toweling off for oil wrestling. Well, now who's making noises? Now who's making noises, Mister? I just had to slide my chair along the floor. That's um, not my chair. That's my mic stand. See, listen. Ooh, sexy. Um, I want to do a an audio version. Oh my God, what the fuck? Are you... I'm, I'm so doing glad. it on purpose at this point. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the plastic rattling and didgeridoo hour, brought to you by Maxwell House. <laughs> I've got to tighten this down. There we go. Now it's not making noises. See, I'm moving it right now. There we go. <laughs> I want to do an audio drama version, like a uh, read-through of the, the the original Kiss Marvel comic. I want to do it with full voices and sound effects. I would love to. I will do the 
the mixing and production on it. I would love to do that. Go through, put all the sound effects in there and uh, have, you know, invite uh, Christine, invite, like I said, Matt Porter, anybody who's, who's down to do. Voices from our universe. I think that would be a fun thing to do. Um, we don't even have, you know, like it'd be great if we all get on a Zoom, Skype call, whatever, and do it live. Uh, no, you got to do it piecemeal. You got to do it piecemeal. I think that's probably the truth. But I, you know, I could edit it, I, and I would love to. It's a, been a fun fantasy of mine that we that we make a read along, like those old seventies records of that comic. Mm-hmm. Beep. Yeah, that kind of a thing. Turn the page. Uh, by the way, shout out to Matt Porter and the Kiss Room. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to, and you, if, you, if you're a YouTube person and want to watch it on YouTube, there is a video, but you don't see anything except the graphic. But there is a Kissmas story by the Kiss Room house band. I was asked to be part of it, and oddly enough, they asked me to play some guy named Gene Klein or Heimlitz <laughs> or Gene Simmons. And uh, they did this thing about Thabonizer Scrooge, because if you listen to the Kiss Room, you know all about Thabo. Uh, it's weird, but when you have a Facebook page, uh, you ask people questions to get into your Facebook page. Well, who's your favorite member of Kiss? And for some reason, some people from certain parts of the world will say Thabo. What? I don't know why, but it's just a truism. And um, so Thabo became a character that we have all played with it, uh, that he was the missing member of Kiss or that he was in Kiss at one point, And he was the guy that was responsible for like all these heinous things in history that we, we just didn't know. Here's my here's my theory. You know, the makeup that's the composite of the four of them on the back of Hotter Than mm-hmm. Hell. Right. That's Thabo. That's well, well, it could be a Thabo. There are many Thabos. Like, for example, any Norwegian death metal band guy, that could be mm. Thabo. Oh, wow. Any Anybody with makeup on that is with the white face can be Thabo. So okay. there is okay. actually a Thabo Facebook group that is all about exploring the missing member of Kiss, the, the, lost, the lost history, Thabo history. Absolutely. Anyway, so Thabonizer Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Meets with ghosts of Kissmas past and Kissmas future and Kissmas present, and I hope you got some good Kissmas presents this year. So check it out: a Kissmas story, the Kiss Room House Band, or on the December 2021 episode of the Kiss Room with the Matt Porter, the one, the only. Shot out of a cannon. Hot. Yeah, hot. Exactly. So here we are. We're wrapping up 2021. Isn't this a lot of fun? Mike number one. So, Gary, it's been great. Another year. We managed to keep this going. I don't know if anyone's still listening. Is this thing on? Let me make 15 that squeak years. Again. There, I made that squeak again just Thank for God. you. What's it sound like? Because I can't hear it. Like a, oh, well, so it it's, like... it's a Wookiee. Chewbacca, oh. quick, let's get into the car. Oh, it's not doing. There we go. That's it. Yeah. Nice. Chewbacca. Why, why did I say cars? The they car. Don't get, the car. Get, get into the space car. The space car. That's good. You know, because everything is space car. Yeah, there you go. Space car. That's that's the, the, the mating call of the female Wookiee, I think. It's like, she's like, hey, slugger. The Wookat. 
God. It's the worst. Still doing it? When will it end? Oh. I have to, like, put a little awful. bit of weight on the mic. Can you just a little bit of weight to do it later? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It'll be 15 years, dude. 2022. 15 years. 2022, 15 years of the podcast. And we're yeah. still talking to one another. That's right. About there's, there's, KISS. Yeah, I know of all things. God we, help just, us. Here's what people here's what people don't know. Here's Ken and I have, have never actually talked about uh, anything else. We, uh, sometimes the Beatles. No, yes, we, everything. But here's the thing. It is a KISS world. We just live in it, right? Sure. No matter what, the things that we love always become part of the discussion, whether it's... Uh, robots made of Batman and Robin in a Japanese magazine catalog yeah. that you sent me the other day for it's just bizarre, the whole thing. Or if I talk about, I love Kate Bush or the pretenders or Pink Floyd or anal King Crimson. I'm not going there. That's says a little bit more about you than you might want it to. Anyway, no, I don't want to cut that out, but probably should. Anyway, I'm not going to, I'm going to leave it in nice all right so we will see you on the next episode of your podcast in which we hope to get some structure for the show back instead of us just meandering like silly people but man it's been a rough couple years so either you're digging what we're doing or you've checked out it doesn't really matter just be happy with your life and enjoy life and love one another and be good and be safe okay here's one last dialectic Yes. Or, okay, and this as I, opposed to a diuretic, right? No, this is not. Hopefully, not a diuretic. Okay, this is a dialectic. People don't like being told what to do, and they want the free will to do what they want. That is absolutely fair. And if you want to exercise your free will and have a life where you can do what you want, please get vaccinated because you will probably be safer. It will definitely be safer if you do get the vaccine for COVID-19. It is absolutely keeping people safer. It is nothing works all the time. Nothing. It is not 100% effective. No one ever said that about any vaccine because that wouldn't be true. But if you do get this, we hear it over and over again. We heard it from members of KISS. We hear it from people we trust. We hear it from people we don't trust. But it absolutely will keep you safer and then you can have your life where you get to decide what to do. But this thing, just like, you know, putting on a seatbelt, just like looking both ways before you cross the street, brushing your teeth, doing the basic shit to stay healthy, eating food, getting some rest. Like it's one of those things that you really ought to do so that you get to have a life. So please get vaccinated. It is so important. I saw where an MMA fighter who was strictly anti-vax died after taking himself out of a hospital. I have a friend who has a brother who was strictly anti-vax and he is on his fourth week in the hospital and he was on a ventilator and thank God he has survived. He is now going to get vaccinated because he now sees that his brother who also had it, who caught COVID, did not have any of these problems, but he did, and he was not vaccinated. Uh, I was telling somebody that it's no different than a seatbelt does not prevent car accidents, but they may save your life in a right. car accident. 
So that's right. how you have to look at it. It's no different when we all got the polio, polio vaccine or anything Absolutely. else. I, I, all my life I've been having vaccines It's or flu shots, whatever, you know, whatever. We love you. Yeah. No matter how right. you feel about this. And we want better for everybody. So right. let's get better for everybody. And let's move on to 2022. I hope that you have a great year. If you're still around, we send you love, right? Absolutely. Or as Ringo would say, peace and love, peace and love. <laughs> Don't send me any mail. It'll go right in the bin. Peace and love, peace and love. Love, love. Nothing to sign right in the trash. All right. So we'll see you on your podcast next time. Be safe. 2022. Love you. Later, dude. All right. Bye. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great Eric Carr, and the late great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podkist is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podkist crew, thank you for listening to Podkist, the KISS fanzine for your ears. My way! Sure. Right.